You know we love staying connected. From current events to drama and celebrity gossip, we stay in the know. But it can be hard to keep up when your Wi-Fi cuts out around the house. You know, spotty in one room, but strong in the other. Thankfully, the next generation Xfinity 10G network can help by keeping you connected to everything you love with reliable wall-to-wall Wi-Fi. That means you can stay up to date on all the latest buzz in real time from room to room. Start listening to your favorite podcasts in the kitchen and listen all over the house as you put your laundry away. Better yet, the whole family can work, stream, and play on multiple devices, all with a fast and reliable connection. With the next generation Xfinity 10G network, your entire house can keep up with all the action with less buffering. Get it all from the network made for streaming, the Xfinity 10G network. So many of us love coffee. Mm-hmm. Like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. Oh, yes. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home. It's honestly game-changing. You can just shake the canister and spray it onto your coffee. And voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee at home. No frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. Ooh, an International Delight Cold Foam Creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. And the best part, mm-hmm. it works on both hot and iced coffees. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling. Okay, so it comes in three foaming delicious flavors. French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at the grocery store. And be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. Okay, Bree, so what reminds you of college days? French vanilla. I mean, Bree and I lived on International Delight French Vanilla. And you know what's the cutest thing? Is every time our dad comes to visit... He calls me because I always be like, what do you want me to get the grocery store? And he's like, oh, make sure to get, it's always International Delight French Vanilla Creamer because I can't have it without my coffee. So guess what I'm getting my dad when he comes to visit because I know I'm going to love it. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. French Vanilla, of course. You guys, this is a game changer. Okay. How many of us spend too much money at coffee shops? Me. Me. Yes. And we deserve as human beings, to have that yummy, delicious coffee Why we all go to the coffee shops. And I'll be honest, I've kind of always wanted to be a barista, and now I can in my kitchen at my home. I'm really excited to have this, and I can't wait to hear what Dad thinks. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. Oh, girl, I'm not the one. You're the one. <laughs> Give me tequila. I'm very fine. <laughs> oh, we know. I hope you're ready for Brimo. I'm so yes. ready. The bells are getting back. And we have a podcast. Part of that success is being open books. I think it would be amazing to do a comeback. It's so good, though. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is so good. Like, I want to do this all the time now. And now, coming to the mic, Nikki and Brie Bella. This is the Bella's Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bella's Podcast. And today we are opening up with a beautiful reserve Chardonnay that I know has hit all your pellets before, at least it better have. But we are opening up with some Bonita Bonita. 
Because we're bottling up some more mama juice today. Yes. How it's bottling day, Brie. Bottling day. Woo, get the Vogue outfits and walk right in. You know it. <laughs> so, um, but also we're bottling yes today, but come on. Tis the season for shopping. I mean, mine started on Black Friday. I know. Cyber Monday really got me, to tell you the truth. You know what's kind of weird about that whole time is like you're like Black Friday, but then you start to think, are the deals better? Cyber Monday. And then there's Giving Tuesday, which is the one I really tell myself I should care about. And this year I was proud of myself. I gave majority of my money on Giving Tuesday, then Cyber Monday. Actually, well, no, mine was half and half. Mateo was a big credit card expense on Cyber Monday. And then I did give a lot on Giving Tuesday. Oh, good. But what'd you get on Cyber Monday? So Santa Claus came to town. He was like, look, we need to get Mateo's gifts. So I hit up. And when you say we, you mean you and Santa, not like Artem having. No, Artem and I just know mm-hmm. Artem and I actually it was really fun because we feel like this is the first year that Mateo will actually recognize, you know, gifts and right. be excited. And he's really into cars and trains and trucks and all that fire trucks and everything. I'm obsessed with Potty Barn Kids. And me too, both of us. And so we're like, he loves riding in the red car we have. So they have a train and you could put his name on it. So we're like, um, excuse me, who showed you the train? No, I showed you the train. And then you wanted to get it for buddy. Anyways, I think Santa is bringing buddy and Mateo the same thing, which is fine. But um, so we got the train from Santa and then I went a little cray and Artem told me not to, but I had to. But you know how Mateo and I think every toddler loves to go through your kitchen and rearrange oh, yes. and yes. pull out all your pots. So they had a mini kitchen. So I got that and a lot of accessories. Oh, dang. I know. And I got um, a train, a train set, but not the electric one. I want that eventually for the Christmas tree, but one that he can play with, but it's a full train set. So, I mean, he got... I mean, he got he got like uh, a lot of big Santa style gifts. I know. And then mom, you know, emails us and it's like, what can we get the boys? And now she's getting him a fire truck. So like, Teo is, is like good for years. Well, this is what I tell all family members. Let me just kind of get little gifts and I'll put your names yeah. on it. Unless there's something you really want to send the well, kids. But I don't want my kids to have all these gifts. Under the no, tree. I, I don't agree. like that. And what I'm going to do from your family is I got them the accessories for the kitchen and that's going to be all from you guys. Oh, perfect. Oh, and you're giving me some of Birdie's hand-me-down stuff yeah. too, which will be perfect. Exactly. It's funny because I, you know, Brian and I kind of got this discussion the other day because I was like, oh, I'm going to get Birdie a dollhouse from Santa because mm-hmm. I know she'll love that. Yeah. And then Buddy the train because I know he'll love that. And Brian's like, really? Because I feel like I keep hearing Birdie say she wants a bike. And I'm like, I don't. He's like, I, I'll admit when, when you told me you said that, I haven't heard Birdie say that once. Right. I mean, so, but all. then he's like, it's funny because he's like, I love like parents kind of pick out, oh, this will be the perfect it's Santa so gift fun. for them. Yeah. And I think it's like, I asked Birdie to make a list. Like yeah. we got to go give it to Santa and she'll always go nothing. And then I'm like, okay. oh yeah. Right. But like, so I just don't know, but I mean, a dollhouse I feel like is winning. Oh um, majorly winning. And I feel like I know your daughter obviously extremely well. I think you do. Birdie's going to be obsessed, like obsessed. She loves to build. She's obsessed with architecture and structure. What I've noticed. I mean, she wants, I've always felt like she's going to be some type of designer in architecture. 
Um, she'll be an architect. I don't know, but I think she's going to be obsessed. Well, with she says she wants to be a dollhouse singing scientist, but I think, and by the way, I don't know it. one singing scientist yet. Maybe I haven't <laughs> scrolled enough through TikTok, but she may be the first. I, I definitely agree. You know what I mean? But I guess it does get in my head where I picture the dollhouse in front of the tree and I already got a big red bow. And then yeah. I think of the train and I'm going to put a big bow on that. Yeah. So maybe it's more for me than them, but no, I feel but like that it, gives them a excitement okay right. so like the other day we take our kids to get christmas trees and the boys were wild but it was amazing and they're they're just going crazy i mean we thought we were going to lose them but their excitement of seeing christmas trees was so amazing I know. and when mateo went to bed that night artem and i put all the lights on and we still don't have all of our decor on it but we videoed mateo walking out that morning Bree, it was as if that was his christmas gift like he couldn't believe the tree and the lights and that's when artem and i got so excited for christmas morning because we're like look how he already is now and i have i need to show you it i have it all on video um i should share with all the listeners on our social but it was so precious see i love that well you know when we all went to the christmas tree farm i wasn't going to get a tree because Brian and I have always kept, you know, our one tree forever. And then how you were right, how the kids yeah. were. And then they're like, maybe this one or that one. And I'm like, okay, get the tree. I mean, yeah. do you know by myself, I picked up that tree over my head and put it into the When house. I was like, where did she go? I was like, did you really leave us without saying anything? But you were over there hauling your tree. I had to figure I out a way bad. to get in the minivan. Yeah. I put I, Artem on Christmas tree duty, but he wanted to be. He, it was cute. He was like really proud. Well, when we got home, because, you know, Brian's been out of town, I was like, oh, no. Someone helped me get the tree in the car, but also you did all myself. Girl. And yeah, I did. And we would have hurt my shoulder, but yeah. I did it. The kids saw me walk in and Buddy looked terrified at first because I think he just saw the tree yeah. getting smushed through the door. And then he saw yeah, me pop scary. out, but they were all like staring at me like, is she okay? <laughs> like, geez, what you'll do for your kids, yeah. right? I love traditions. I just, I love all of it. But you know, let's start to talk about the funny side of life because we oh, have yes. someone who's absolutely hilarious on the podcast today. And I'm really excited. We've never that. interviewed a comedian, a female comedian in that way. And stand I'm just up, a stand up. Terrifying. Yeah. I mean, and she has her own special, but I'm, I'm super excited to just interview her. And like, I know her and I think she's hilarious. And I'm also excited to hear about her family. Cause when you I look mean, her up, when you look at Wikipedia, <laughs> We have some questions. Well, I say we bring her on. I have a question for you about Wikipedia. Have you donated? Anytime you go to Wikipedia, they give you that big blue notice, like, please donate. Oh, really? I think I just hit the X like, no, I'll just read. Wow. So I have donated. Wait, you're supposed to donate to Wikipedia now? I mean, they say this uh, like, yeah, we did it for free for so long, but it'd be nice little help over here. I mean, wow. Okay. But is it true that anyone can write on Wikipedia? Oh, I don't know. Is I've heard about this. I oh, if might that's be true, wrong. Can we, you guys please change my picture for my Wikipedia? Yeah, I nice. hear fans can like choose and do that. So what? we should probably bring someone one time on Wikipedia and get all of our questions answered. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I say we bring on Rosebud. Why should we keep everyone waiting? We I need agree. some laughs. We do. No, you know, they is the season, <laughs> but you know, they probably hate hearing that all the time. I know. But um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have Rosebud Baker. Texas Pete is a sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. 
It's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. That's right. Each Texas peat sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. The signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It has been at the center of dinner tables since 1929 and is still heating things up today. Oh, yeah. And you know, you're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor. Yum. And their dust dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. Mm, It's just making my mouth water thinking about it. I mean, I'm always reaching for the Texas Pete. I think we put it on our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We really do. We actually even sneak hot sauce in our purses. So if restaurants don't have hot sauce, we put it on. Texas Pete goes with me everywhere I go. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeat.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at texaspeat.com. You know what I love about springtime is that you kind of get to refresh your closet. You know, fall, winter, we're all bundled up. And then when spring comes... The sun is truly out. You get to ditch all the layers and just refresh your look. I mean, I feel like I am totally in for like refreshing my wardrobe. Bringing a little color. I need spring shopping. I mean, Brie, Walmart has like some incredible styles out right now and so affordable. Oh, that is right. This spring, there's only one destination for the latest fashion, home and beauty inspired by real life, Walmart. Be a bold swimwear or graphic beach towels, glowy makeup or sleek activewear, or even elevated furniture and mix and match tableware to inspire your next spring gathering at home. Discover surprisingly stylish new season favorites at Walmart now or shop it on the Walmart app. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending. Now trending. Your style at Walmart. Thrive Market is a go-to for all of your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online, then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. And you could use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Nikki, where do we get all our primal condiments? Thrive Market. You know it. I have actually loved so much that I have been able to transform my refrigerator, even my pantry, to healthy, low-sugar condiments. Mm -hmm. Everything in the gluten-free, Whole30 diet recommendations. Thrive Market for me is that one-stop shop where I can pick and choose all the things that are healthy for not only my kids, but for myself too. And boom, they're at my front door within days. They definitely make it super easy to stay healthy, organic, all the things that we really want in our household. One thing that Thrive Market has helped me with is 
I've wanted that when it comes to household cleaning items or just stuff that you actually put in your house besides consuming. And they've really helped it. I had one, one of my goals this year was less plastic in my house. Thrive Market helps with that, with refillables, with what I exactly need to clean. And look, when you have kids running around, having a company really care about the ingredients inside it, that's super important. What we're spraying on our counters, putting in our toilets, on our sheets, all of that matters. So grateful for a place like Thrive Market that really looks into ingredients and we know what we're buying. 100%. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash twins for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash twins. Thrivemarket.com slash twins. All right, Bella's podcast listeners, we have an incredible guest for you all. We are so excited to have her on the show. Please welcome this amazing comedian with a new Comedy Central special called Whiskey Fist on YouTube. And she has an incredible podcast with her husband called Find Your Beach which I love. So please, everyone, welcome Rosebud Baker. Thank you. Uh, so Nikki and I are so excited to have you on the podcast. I think you're the first comedian we have ever interviewed. Yes. Really? Yeah. So we have oh like my God, so I'm so many, honored. Yes. Yeah. So we have so many questions We're for you. We're so excited. We've always wanted to have a comedian on our show, especially mm-hmm. a female comedian, mm-hmm. because I feel like we relate so much being in male-dominated industries yes. and still having to fight our way through. Yeah. So we just cannot wait to pick your brain, to hear just so many things and learn more about you as well. That's so funny that you say that because I, I truly have this belief that every comedian deep down wants to be either a musician or a wrestler. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, right? really. I think there's so much um, crossover and I had no, I knew nothing about wrestling until I was invited to a friend's bachelor party. I was the only woman there. No way. Did not know that, by the way, That's when I was hilarious. going. That's just amazing. Thought, I was thought I just thought, oh, cool, how progressive. And then I got there, and I was like, oh, I'm a man. That's what's <laughs> that's what's happening. And I got there, and it was the most fun. And I was like, I think the energy in this room could heal the country right now. Yes. <laughs> right. Honestly, yeah. do you remember what number you went to? I WrestleMania, don't. I like, don't remember. Kudos to your friend. Thank you. That, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, but that right? energy is so incredible. How the fans are, the yeah. connection. People never understand it. And I'm always like, no, just go to a show live and then you're going to get why we do what we do and why we love it so much. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I feel the same way. I think comedy and wrestling are the same in that way where it's like yeah. you go in and even if you're not necessarily about the life, you kind of get swept up in the energy of it. Mm. And you're like, oh, I want to be a part of this. Right. I so agree with you. I feel like every time we go to a show, we... Crying, laughing. Crying, laughing. And we're always like, why don't we do this more? I feel like we say it literally every time. Every time we see a comedy show, we always say it. But what happens is sometimes comedy shows are just on so late. Mm -hmm. That's what gets me is like, I was up in the mountains... um, this past summer and there was comedy shows coming. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Brian, we have to go. And I'm like, 10 PM. I know. I'm like, that's like lights out for me. I know. I it's truly the worst because I'm now in a place where I'm thinking about becoming a mom and I'm just like, how? Like mm-hmm. how would I how would I go do a show at that starts at nine? And then I do another spot after that. And then by the time I'm done with work at the end of the night, it's twelve thirty and I go home. 
and I have to wake up at 6 a.m. for an infant, I'm just like, oh, oh my God. Oh it's such a nightmare. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm already feeling your pain because we're like, sleep deprived. Sleep deprived, and that sounds Why we just can't about talk right. English. Right. Yeah. So, for our listeners, let's take it to the beginning with you, because mm-hmm. um, I think everyone's so fascinated with comedy. Just kind of what makes you be like, I want to do stand-up comedy, because I feel like that's one of the most terrifying things mm-hmm. to try to aspire to be. Yeah. So, what was it? Essentially, I just had a really bad year. You know, I, I, I kind of Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Every time I'm just like, it's some sort of psychotic break that you go through and then mm-hmm. end up on a stage in a basement. It really is not that far off. Miss Maisel is like not that far off. I, I went through a horrible breakup mm. with an alcoholic abuser and oh we were both actors and I hated him so much that I was like, I don't want to be an actor anymore. I want to be like a social worker or a dog trainer, something that helps people. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine who was a comedian was like, you would be horrible at both of those things. You are (laughs) not warm. You're not um, you're not patient. And you need both of those things to be a social worker and a dog trainer because it's about talking to people. And he was like, you should try comedy. And I thought about it and I was like, I don't know about that. That's, I don't know if I'm ready to like be a clown, you know, (laughs) I mean, I'm sad, but I don't know about clown sad. Yeah. And then like two months went by and I just ended up trying it. I was on a cross country trip with my best friend who was leaving New York City. I had been through this breakup. It was kind of like a Thelma and Louise moment for us. Mm -hmm. And I was in Austin, Texas. And I went up and I did an open mic in this coffee shop in Austin, Texas. Wow. And... I don't remember any of it. I don't even think I got laughs. Um, <laughs> I just got off stage and I was like, that was kind of a thrill. And then I thought, well, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that again. That's probably, that's it for me. And then I got back to New York City and a friend of a friend reached out to me like on Facebook. This is like Facebook days. Oh, wow. And she was like, hey, I heard that you were thinking about trying comedy. I don't know if you have yet, but if you if you haven't, would you want to come to an open mic with me? And I said, okay, fine, you know, and I went again. And then that time, I because I had tried it in New York City, I was like, oh, that was fun. And I didn't die. <laughs> and I just kept going. I have a very addictive personality. I just kept going every night, like one night after another for like 90 days in a row or something. And I wasn't going to be serious about it. I was like, this isn't going to be my life. This is just fun for now. And then cut to like four years later, I was shooting a documentary series about trying to get into JFL, which is like the biggest comedy festival in the world. Wow. And um, and they were there shooting this documentary. And then I ended up being one of the main subjects of that documentary. It's called Inside Jokes. It's on Amazon Prime, little plug. But <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of where it took me. And then once that happened, it all just kind of piled up and now I'm sort of in a career that I can't leave right right. (laughs) you know what I mean totally it's so incredible that it only took you four years you know to get to that point but it yeah it seems like it was like therapy here you get out of this relationship and like you said abusive and yeah and just a toxic relationship and you go into something like you said that was sad and depressing but then you're going to something that makes people laugh yeah and you kill it now was your first stand-up about your relationship no so I I knew that I wanted to talk about darker subjects in my stand-up that was something that was like important to me but at first all I wanted to do was learn how to write a joke I, mm-hmm. I was like I know that this is a skill 
I, I know that. I mean, I know it looks easy, but everything is a skill, right? And what I learned is that comedy is a lot like magic. It's just with words. So mm-hmm. it's like verbal sleight of hand. And you're tricking the audience. You're like, I'm going to tell you this in a way that you expect, and then I'm going to say it in a way that you actually don't, and it's going to surprise you into laughter, okay? <laughs> so to ruin it for everybody who's listening. Um, <laughs> but... So it it really, that was what I wanted to learn first. And then eventually I started talking about my own experiences on stage, my life experiences. And that was when I got really invested. Then I was like, oh, now I have a reason to get on stage. I have subject matter that's really important to me. And I have something to say that's not just, I can tell a joke. It's like, this is who I am, Mm -hmm. you know? And, Uh, And why was it important to you to talk about deeper stuff, darker stuff? Because I think it's who I am. It's what makes me laugh. I mean, yeah. there's nothing that has, I don't know why this is, but sad things make me laugh. I, it's always like, it's the most Our cousin, he laughs at funerals. Yes. He can't go to funerals because yes. he laughs. I laugh at funerals. I can't help it. I get like <laughs> oh nervous. I start yeah. laughing. I I just, and to be honest, comedians, I would rather go to like a comedian's funeral than like a wedding. You know what I mean? Because truly it's like the most it's uproarious laughter the whole time and that to me feels more normal than like the solemn thing that we all do um and I think yeah I think that was really the reason why I wanted to do it I wanted to take some of the stigma away one of the things that my therapist said to me when I was going through this breakup is he was like just because you're crying doesn't mean something bad is happening Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. really shocked me Because I had been taught my entire life that if you're crying, something has gone horribly wrong. And what I learned from that whole experience was that it's not going wrong if it's happening. If it's happening to you right now, it's supposed to be happening. And that's what you're supposed to go through. And eventually you're going to get out on the other side. And so these, these things can be treated with levity. You know, yeah, they can be totally. laughed at. Yeah, I agree. Like Tears that. to me have always felt more healing. Yeah. It's like I'm finally releasing something that just needs to be out of my body and soul. And yeah. it needs to go away. And that's what tears are to me. It's like yeah. the best release that you can have. And it's gone for good. Right? And you and I, majority of our tears are us crying, laughing. And <laughs> at moments we shouldn't be. Yes, yeah. I agree. So being in the industry as long as you've have been. I've been so curious to ask a female comedian of how is it being a female in a male dominated industry mm-hmm. and with other male comedians? Yeah. So I originally I didn't really acknowledge it. I was like, it's not that different. It's fine. You know, if you're funny, you're funny and that's it. And it doesn't matter. And now that I'm, you know, the older I get, the more I realize the differences, especially now that you know, my friends are having kids and I'm trying to have kids and I'm like, or I'm thinking about it. I go back and forth every day, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just noticing the huge differences now more than I ever have before because there is no maternity leave. There's just no, it's not even a thing. Like it's not spoken about. It's, there's no union. There's no human resources. You can't, You know, if you want to have a kid, you are taking two years off of your career, basically, unless you have something under contract. Right. Right. So that's like a massive thing that I would love to have change. Um, I don't 
I'm not doing anything to change it myself. So it's I sort of feel like a hypocrite saying that, but it's just such a massive change that needs to happen. It um, really does. Now, do yeah. you, comedians, do you guys have like agents and your agent books you at these stand-up clubs or yeah. you're kind of just doing it on your own? So for a while, you're just doing it on your own. You're just going rogue. And it's and do you call like the place and you're like, hey, book me? Well, it depends. Some, some comics, yes. If you're in it long enough and you don't have an agent, you start to develop these relationships with clubs because other comics will take you on the road. And then you reach out to the bookers and you're like, hey, I was featuring there last year. Would you be willing to give me like a one nighter or a weekend here? For me, I was just doing spots in the city and just continuing to do that. And then when I went to Montreal to JFL, that's where I got my manager and eventually got an agent. And now I'm starting to book road dates and doing weekends and things like that. And now that the special's out, people are actually coming to see me. So that's great. Because yeah. There's, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> there is a period of time where you are showing up in Huntsville, Alabama, and nobody knows who you are. And you're like, hope you like me, because it's going to be an hour of this, you know? Yeah. And if they don't, it's rough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've wrestled in good old Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so but, you know it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a special kind of lonely out in Huntsville. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I do, that has to be really scary, though, because I think of like, so when we were living in Los Angeles and um, we went to um, Dane Cook. Yeah. But we went early so we can see the other comics do their thing. And I didn't know their names, but mm-hmm. I remember laughing so hard. And I did get attached to kind of some of them. And I could see how scary that could be. It's like, okay, everyone's here to see Dane Cook, but then I'm going to yeah. warm you guys up. And right. it does take a lot to warm people up, I feel like. And a stand-up comedy right. bar, right? Well, she toured with Amy Schumer. So I'm sure you, yeah. at that period of time, probably had packed houses that you'd go and warm up. I, mean, I will never forget it. Like it. I'll never forget it. I was opening for Amy for the first time. And by the way, I have nothing but amazing things to say about her. She has yeah. helped me so much in my career, and she Aww. is just the kindest, sweetest person. Aww. And She's so sweet. Yeah, and so funny. I mean, like, she's funny on stage, but she is... I, the things that she says just like off the cuff when you're just like boarding a plane with her I'm like how are you this funny it's 5 a.m. yeah I'm like how is this happening you know she's like pregnant and throwing up and just like hilarious the whole time I remember one time I was in the car with her and she had a hyperemesis and she was like puking into a bag and there was this song by Sarah McLaughlin playing on the radio and I just started filming her like while she's puking to Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> and she was like, keep rolling, keep rolling. And then she like finishes puking. She looks up and she was like, motherhood's such a miracle. And she like rolls up the bag in the back of the car. And I was like, this, this woman never stops. She's so yeah. funny. Oh my she God, really I love that. But yeah, so she brought me out to this audience of like, I think it was like 3,000 people. It was a massive theater. I had never done a theater that big. And she walked up and she was like, you've done a theater this big, right? Like, just, <laughs> like, and I was like, uh, no. And she goes, what's, so what's the, like, what's the cap that you've done? And I was like, 800. And <laughs> she was, and she turns to the stagehand and she goes, how many are out there? And she, the guy goes, 3,600 people. <laughs> and I was like, cool, cool. Awesome. She was like, easy, you got this. And she like walked away. Oh my which gosh. Was hilarious. Oh my gosh. Is there anything you do before you go out on stage to kind of calm the nerves or pump yourself up? No, I just try to remember. I mean, I try to breathe, you know, you try to breathe because you know that, I mean, nervousness, I'm sure you guys know this, like it's really, 
whatever you feel is like fear. It's just like readiness and excitement, yeah. but without the breathing. Yeah. Right. So if I breathe, then I can go through it and I'm like, I'm just excited to be there. I'm not, um, I'm not tense. I just try to stay relaxed. Yeah, you, know? you do. Totally. Yeah. Well, we, we have so to true. say our funny Amy story. Oh. So we have a funny Amy Schumer story. So Bree and I, when we had our reality show, Total Divas, and it was making like just big airwaves, um, we went, popped into a comedy show in Nashville. Were you no, in Nashville? Mu- yeah, we were in Nashville, but it was a music show. Oh, music show. And it was right. after, I think, a but, wrestling show. But he kind of, this guy kind of did both. That was, um, he did guitar. He was an older man. And mm-hmm. it, like, he did this funny, like, Southern gimmick. Like, yeah. old school, acted right. like in the 20s or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Bree and I- might wa- not have been acting. It might have been real. Maybe I was drunk. It's a dress-up party. It's yeah. like, no, we're in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> She's probably right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was. I think yeah. he was dead serious. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're like, oh, they brought One this man many. from the past. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how funny. I should have worn my cowboy hat. Everyone was wearing a cowboy hat. Right. Um, <laughs> so we're walking out, and someone's yelling, like, Bella's, Bella's. Mm-hmm. And so we turn, and she goes, can I get a photo with you? And the she is Amy Schumer. Right. Yeah. I'm and I'm like, in my head, like... This That's is Amy Schumer, right? And she goes, my sister and I love you guys so much. Takes her selfie and goes back in and, yeah. you know, finishes listening to the show. And, and, we're and like, then we holy shit, that was Amy Schumer. Yeah. Right. We've always loved her. And then, you know, we've had some contact with her since. But mm-hmm. um, but that was like the yeah. best Nashville story ever yeah. for us. Yeah. She's the best. She really is. I love that you said we had some conduct with her since. Or yeah, contact. Like, I'm like, how do you say that? Like, <laughs> we've had some conduct. Yeah. It sounds like misconduct. <laughs> yeah. We've gotten into trouble. We've gotten into some trouble. Yeah. Oh, gosh. She's the best, we, though. Yeah. yeah. She loves her wine. So, um, oh, there yeah. could be some trouble there. Bella's, mm-hmm. Amy Schumer, a bunch of Rosebud. I would love to wow. see that pairing. I That's a pairing <laughs> yeah. we need to see. Yes. Yeah, all of us together. That, <laughs> yeah. that would definitely be good. So we have to take it to you and your husband. Well, your mm-hmm. husband now. Yeah. I found it so interesting that when the pandemic happened, you two, so you were living in New York. Yeah. Pandemic happens mm-hmm. and you guys are just like, hey, we're going to pack up our stuff, go to Los Angeles yeah. and be so out by the beach. We were actually in Los Angeles when the pandemic happened. Oh, okay. But he had come out to visit me. I was there for pilot season. I was shooting this Netflix thing that didn't go. And then um, because of the pandemic, it just didn't go. Mm. And no, it it worked out. Yeah. But he comes out and we were staying in this house. We'd been dating for like six months. And, you know, March 1st was like... All of a sudden we were like, uh, should we start like wiping off our groceries, you know, or like, yeah, what should we do? And then by March 13th or something, there was like a massive lockdown. Everybody was like, don't leave your house. And then we started the podcast like the next day. We were like, "Okay, well, we're stuck in the house. Let's just start a little podcast and it'll be fun. It'll be a way to pass the time. And then March, we called it Find Your Beach because this was back when everybody was calling it coronavirus. Yeah. And then, like, three days later, we were engaged. Like, he asked me to marry him three days later. And I thought, we should just keep this podcast going because now we're, like, you know, we're following our marriage. Um, It's the first year of marriage in a pandemic. And for a while, we were podcasting every single day. Wow. So people were getting your little reality show. Exactly. Yeah. It's like an audio reality show. And then we podcasted on our honeymoon. We podcasted on our wedding. Like we just recorded everything. 
because we had the time. Yeah. And it's been so great. The people that follow it, they are so invested in the relationship and Mm. it's such a fun silly podcast my husband's also a stand-up so it's just two comics like living in a house together for a full year (laughs) not being able to leave yeah were you so surprised when he proposed I was not surprised, yeah. no. I mean, I'm in my 30s. I was like, yeah. listen, if you're yeah. not going to propose, you got to move on. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, let's <laughs> get it. I always wanted to be married even more than I wanted kids. I loved seeing couples that were like just friends and that had so much fun together. Mm. And I wanted something like that. And I thought, you know, when I met him, I was like, I this is the real thing, you know? Oh, I've, I love that. It was, yeah, it was nice. It's like, you know when you meet somebody and you're finally like, oh my God, I don't have to like rearrange the way that I think or the way that I act to make any of this make sense. Mm-hmm. It's just easy. That was it. I was like, this is the easiest it's ever been for me to be around someone else. Yeah. See, that's beautiful. Yeah. That I love that. And I think it's great how you guys made something because, you know, especially in the beginning, none of us knew what was going on. It was like we're all glued to social media and the TVs because there's so much uncertainty. Yeah. So I love that you made it light and fun and that you guys found something together. Yeah. And now that you guys mm-hmm. keep it going. So you keep saying, like, maybe about a baby, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, and I'm Nicole, I'd like to hear your opinion. If you feel it a little bit, just like you felt it with marriage, but you feel it a little bit, I say you go for it. I know. Because timing's never right. Yeah. It's I, never right. I know. I figure that. I'm like, there's never there's never a right time. I think my husband would make a really good mom. Um, <laughs> and, and I feel like and I would make an amazing. excellent father. Yeah. <laughs> that's we sort actually of, say that all the time. Yeah. Like, we would be such good dads. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have so much respect for women who are able to balance it and who are able to like, because I know it's not easy. I mean, my mom had five kids. Oh my gosh. Bless her. And she's an artist. And I think that there's probably some stuff to work out for me with that because- she did like put her art to the side for a long time and now she's like living in Maine and just painting up a storm and loves her life. Mm. And, you know, so there was my mom did. She was overwhelmed. And I think that seeing that as a kid, it was like my first impression of motherhood was like, oh, don't do that. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, even though she was such a good mom and she was there for all of us, I think that giving up that uh, that part of her life was very difficult for her right but I think it's cool because you're put in a situation where you and your husband adapted and you guys created the podcast which has been something great but it is hard though as career women no it's like I get where you have to say especially when you're in an industry that doesn't support like you don't get a paid leave or you know your job's guaranteed when you come back right Right. and we to be I mean full disclosure like we have we've been pregnant before and we we had a miscarriage I'm sorry thank you thank you it's I like to talk about it because there when I went through it there was something that happened where I was like oh people don't talk about this like right everyone I knew was like I had one, I had one, you know, like people reached out. I posted about it on my Instagram and I was like, here's what, here's the deal. You know what I mean? It was Mm -hmm. months after it had happened, but um, I had had what's called a missed miscarriage. And so I had miscarried, but I, my body didn't know, you know, and then month, like weeks later I went in and uh, we went in for the ultrasound and we found out that the baby was gone. Mm. And And it was so difficult and so hard to put words to. And as a comic, it's so important 
for me to be able to verbalize things. Mm -hmm. And I noticed like people don't talk about it. And I started talking about it on stage. And now I'm thinking about doing IVF. And there's all this stuff there where I'm like, I'm going to keep talking about this because it is happening, even though people don't really know how to approach the subject. Right. Um, I agree with that. And I think to some people, like, because we're moms, we get it. The minute you find out you're pregnant, you're already attached. I think especially as a woman. Immediately. You're immediately attached. So when you you think about it 24-7. Because it's literally growing inside you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's only, like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? Well, if it's a girl, I'll name it this. If it's a boy. So for me, anytime I hear that a woman's had a miscarriage, I, I instantly, my heart sinks because I know you were attached the minute you found out. Yeah. And I agree with you. There, like, we don't talk about it enough. Just like postpartum depression. I right. went through that and I had spoken about it and it was very much a weird situation. Like, yeah. oh, she's speaking about it. But then some people were like, we do need to speak about it more. And here we always talk about mental health, but we don't talk about it enough for women and moms yeah. of their mental health they go through, whether it's miscarriages or postpartum depression. And I definitely feel like that's something that needs to be talked about so much more in the public eye. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love that you talked about it on the show, by the way. Like, yeah, thank you. When, I, when I see that and when I see moms talking like, about the harder parts of being a mom because there's so much you know you're automatically you know when you're a mom people automatically go oh my god it, and they're so happy but there's there's a lot of layers of feelings that you're going through oh and, gosh and you don't even know how to sort of unpeel them as you're because you're just overwhelmed so true so to hear it is like oh god okay so I'm not alone I'm not crazy this is something that I go through because this is what my body's doing. Totally. You know? Especially women with platforms. Mm-hmm. It's like people just want to relate and know like, okay, you guys weren't really born like these super creatures Immortal. that aren't normal. Yeah. Right. Like you really go through what we all go through. And that's why I feel like so many more people need, women need to talk about it who have platforms so other women can relate to it and yeah. know like, oh, so every day isn't perfect and you're not just smiling all happy with your kid as you're right. posting like yeah. to drink this certain product. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're allowed it's like, to be human and right. sad and right and grow from that. Yeah. I agree with you. And I, I love that you put it out on your social media so that because I'm sure there were some people you touched that day that read it and they're like, wow, I really needed this. I was. Yeah, I was overwhelmed. Like the amount of like. DMs that I got and comments and people just being like, thank you, thank you for talking about Mm. this. I was like, oh, okay. Because I wasn't going to. I was just going to kind of go through it and keep it to myself. And I was like, I don't need to like perform this for people. And then one day I just really wanted to say it because I was starting to talk about it on stage. And I was like, if I just say this to the people that know me, then I'm not going to be as scared to get on stage and start telling jokes about it, right, which right. is a whole other thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. like, people love when you talk about it on social media, but when you tell jokes about it, you get very different DMs. Oh, gosh, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. But does it help you kind of like release and like yeah. accept? And, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do the therapy stuff so that I can do it on stage because, you know, there's nothing funny about going on stage and being like, I had a miscarriage. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. that's, nobody's going to, that's not a barrel of laughs. But you need to go through that so that you can get to the other side and talk about it in a way that is, that has humor in it and that's totally. going to make people feel better. 
It kind of reminds me of Hacks. Did you watch Hacks? I, I watched the first couple episodes. It's oh, okay. such a good show, but then I, I just got yeah. wrapped up in work stuff. Well, and that's what she comes to at the end. It was like the younger comedic was trying to tell her, tell the older one, like, talk about your past. Like, yeah. that's that's what's good now. Yeah. And she didn't want to, and then finally she does. And mm-hmm. it's crazy, the breakthrough and the comedy that comes with it as well. But right. just what it does for her yeah. to face it. Yeah. And so that feels good when you can laugh at yourself. Yeah. It, it makes you feel like you're not holding yourself. Well, you kind of start like... to realize that you're healed. It's like, yeah, yeah. I could talk about this now, yeah. even make a few laughs. And that means that I'm healed in, yeah. you know, a lot of ways. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I was laughing because we were stalking your Instagram when you did the nurse TikTok. <laughs> That was so good, man. And like, did, did you get a lot of DMs about that one? You know what? Nurses actually love that joke. Yeah. I I don't know how. Like, there's sometimes people get offended on behalf of nurses, but I'm like, the nurses love it. So yeah. I don't know who you're mad for. You yeah, know what I yeah. Mean? But nurses like love that joke, and I I ran that joke by my sister, who's a nurse, before I did it because I was like, is this is this gonna like upset people? And she was like, no, that's great. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but yeah, I love to, I love to make fun of that stuff that people are like, don't go there. You know, but I think that's great though. I think it's brave because, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh no, because of canceled culture and all these different things. But I love it because the one thing like people, because of canceled culture, a lot of people with us platforms, it's like almost, you feel like you can't be who you are. You feel so buttoned up and like, oh my gosh, I have to watch what I say. But I admire the people who take the chance and be like, come on, you guys, this is this one life. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, and people, you know, you hear comedians complain about it all the time. But I'm like, when we were like jesters performing for the queen, like we just get killed. So this is probably an improvement. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) what? You lose your Twitter, you know, big deal. Your life's way better without it. I I (laughs) think that it's kind of and also. I think cancel culture has kind of helped in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because, right. you know, as a comic, there's moments where I'm like, I don't know if I can say that, but I'm like, okay, so how, how do you say what you're going to say without necessarily hurting anybody, but, True. but not backing away from it? I totally agree with you on that. I feel like it's made people think twice, but also be better people. Yeah. It's like, you're right. You shouldn't be saying that. And now this is why I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't say it. Let me give you Rephrase some history it. on right. this. And that's what I think we realized, the lack of education with people on history. It's right. like, learn where some of these different cultures have come from and what their ancestors have been through. And yeah. this is why this is inappropriate. Yeah. And so I agree with you on and that. And then there's moments where like the... I don't know if you guys knew this, but the Michael Myers movie, like the the new Halloween, um, they said that he was uh, that he was homophobic. Michael Myers. Oh, really? Yeah, because he killed a gay couple in the film. But I'm like, Michael oh. Myers is a certified sociopath. He's slicing people up. Like that's yeah. that's the main problem. You know right. what I mean? Like let's focus on the. <laughs> he's a psychopath. You yeah. know what I mean? Like whether he's killing a gay couple, he's killing everybody. Yeah, folks, and that's the thing. You know, if, right? Is he the one who wears the white mask? Yes. Yeah, and he kills I, people on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Someone sent me oh a meme gosh. with him and like his mom hugging him, and they're like, um, "Moms always think their sons are perfect or something." And it's like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> JJ sent that. Yeah. Right. Our brother. Our brother is the king of memes and like Instagram videos. And he sends my mom, my sister and I on group texts constantly. Every day we get about three or four. Yeah. Um, Love the family group chats. Oh, Oh it's the best. (laughs) 
Warning, things are about to get intense. I mean, Bree and I are talking like that intense moment when the room stops, maybe time stops, when everything might be going around you, but you're looking at that one person dead in the eyes or a maple donut in, <laughs> in our eyes. Usually I'm giving that stare down when I want to ask my husband for his credit card so I can go shopping. Ooh, that is the intense that I like. Intense heat, lasting plump. From the hot new Lifter Plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, Lifter Plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades. Blush, Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and many more. And you know me with that red. Nothing like a red flag on my sizzling lips. Oh, we know it, girl. Can you take that heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. So can we talk about who your grandfather is? Do you ever talk about this? (laughs) Right. Because when I was reading, you know, your Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. and then I was just like, I had no idea I had a Wikipedia. That's you have you have a Wikipedia. You do. Okay. And for our listeners, I have to tell everyone. So (laughs) she is the granddaughter of James Addison Baker the third, who is or was. Uh, was was the former Secretary of Treasury of President Ronald Reagan, which <laughs> oh my gosh, and the Secretary of State under President George H. W. Bush. Yeah, just I mean, he's Illuminati big time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you close with your grandfather? As close as you can be to okay. uh, your grandfather when he's a politician, when he's close with the president. I watch Succession, and I'm like, this is mm-hmm. the exact, the exact dynamic. Wow. Between my brothers, uh, my my dad and his brothers. Oh, really? Yeah. The oh, wow. exact, it's crazy. I watch that show and I'm like, oh my God, I need a trigger warning. Like the sideways compliments and the, and the sort of undercover jabs and yeah. um, the, the lobbying for power. That is, that's the dynamic I was like born into. Oh my um, gosh. How wow. was it growing up in I, that kind of family? It's strange because I was sort of like one generation removed from it, but my sisters and I still do it. Like we still kind of do that thing where we're like lobbying and and sort of gaining alliances with each other to get into the head of another one. It's like crazy stuff that I'm like in therapy for. Doing the shadow work for. <laughs> exactly. I do uh, love shadow work. Like punching yeah. pillows in my therapist's office. <laughs> but it was crazy. And then I didn't know it. You know, I didn't know it then. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it until I was a stand up and I was like, oh, this is a part of my story that 
I've got to talk about because this is going to be, I mean, nobody's going to copy this joke. Nobody's going to take this joke because this is so specifically my experience. And I did, I joked about it. Bill Burr did a, uh, a show on Comedy Central mm-hmm. called The Ringers and he picked a bunch of co- comedians and we all did sets about our, our lives, right? And I started talking about it on stage at that time and was like, this is risky because yeah. my family didn't even know really that I was doing stand-up. I kind of tried to hide it from them. I don't know what they thought I was doing. I'm sure they just thought I was like voluntarily poor. <laughs> and they were like, we don't know what she's, she's like trying to, I was like the Ken, uh, is it Kendall Roy? Which one's the one that's like a clown? I just was the one that like lives outside of the family and is like trying to get into environmental work. So we like the, the brother that lives in Santa Fe. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That one with the girlfriend who's like a prostitute. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Which one's his name? Uh, I, oh, can't I can't remember. remember. But that one. Yeah. Okay. So I was like that. I was just this sort of, people were like, we don't know what she's doing, but she believes in herself and that's cool. And I was like babysitting into my 30s. Like I I was just like not getting it together. And so finally when I started talking about it and they were just like, they found out that I was doing stand up like by seeing it on TV. You know what I mean? They were like, oh, she's. And she's really talking about this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't hear a thing about it from any of my relatives. I didn't hear a single thing about it until I had introduced my now husband to my grandfather over FaceTime. And he said, he was like, you know, uh, I was talking to, to somebody about you. And I was like, hey, you know, she uses me in her, in her stand-up sometimes. And you know, I'm happy to play the foil or whatever. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, oh he's, he's definitely seen it. And I, I just thought no one had seen it. And I was, like, perfectly comfortable with that. I was like, mm-hmm. thank God. I would much rather my family not see any of my stand-up. I don't want them to watch. I try to avoid letting them know when I'm coming into their town for shows. I just, <laughs> I don't want them to know anything. Yeah. So you are like the Mrs. Maisel. I mean... Kinda, yeah, yeah, yes. are. yeah. I know that. Are they fans now, or is it still like? Uh... I don't know. Truth be told, I mean, they might. They're. I think they're proud of me. I. I guess I don't know. Like it's really not spoken about. It's like, it's like my sister came out like two years ago, and nobody talks about it in my family. Like, yeah. in my dad's side of the family, they just don't address it I don't know what they're gonna do when she brings Chloe to a family reunion I'm dying to watch I'm like this is <laughs> oh, gonna yeah. be Can hilarious you come back on and let us know yes, yes. absolutely we'll details on that I'm like which is more of an uncomfortable family secret I want to <laughs> know which makes them more uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. you know oh my gosh it sounds like a I feel like from we succession. need to like yeah. write a script and have, <laughs> yeah, have a movie on your life this is just like <laughs> a great life you need to keep I the feel like it's Oscar winning worthy oh right. thank just, you yeah Oh my what gosh. it is is her podcast needs to become a reality show. Yes, honestly, like, so we can really all watch does. it. Agreed. So, Especially with the success of Succession, you never know. Exactly. Yeah. You know there what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Well, we love to play games on mm-hmm. our podcast. Yes, we now. do. So we have a game called Fill in the Rank. Okay. So what we'll do is um, we're going to give you a list. Okay. And then you put it in. Like one, two, three. So kind first, of, second, third, Brie. Or first, second. But then third. you have to explain why. Okay. Okay. And yeah, and then we all will just talk about it. I'm, yes. Why am I nervous? I know, right? <laughs> it's not, it, it's not scary. Okay. The Bella Twins have always been in scary situations when they go talk to people. So that's why when we had our podcast, we're like, we're never going to make people feel that way. Yes. <laughs> because we know what that feels yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. 
Especially me. Marie always had it kind of easy. More, it's more the explaining why I put things into order. Is That's what's making me nervous. But, yeah. Okay, good we'll see. Good thing we're not live. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> right? Great. Okay, so list one. The Bachelor, Love Island, UK. 90 Day Fiance. Oh, 90 Day Fiance, Love Island, UK, and three is The Bachelor. That's I'm putting it in that order. I, that's good. I would be Love Island UK, 90 Day Fiance, The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any of them, but <laughs> what I see trend on Twitter, I'm going to do 90 Day Fiance, Love Island UK, then The Bachelor. Okay, so yeah. why did you rank? Okay, so 90 Day Fiance has this element to it that is so deeply sad <laughs> <laughs> that it just makes me laugh like so hard. And I just keep waiting. I really want for there to be one episode where somebody comes from their country, like looks at the house and is just like, ew, and goes back. <laughs> I'm just, I keep holding out for that moment. Yeah. I want someone to go see this person's home and be like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to skip it. Call me next season. Yeah. You know, because these men are so, oh my God, I can't describe it. I'm just like, like come on you know gosh i'm gonna have to watch now it's like the number one reality show out there i feel like and also there's like a scam artist element to it too that i'm just like into and uh yeah love island i i just like because it's like mean it's kind of mean yeah i love it it's mean and funny and then the bachelor (laughs) i love just because it's the bachelor right so. It's always it's like the coffee talk. Like you feel like if you're not watching it, then you're just out of like yeah. every conversation. It's just so right. entertaining, and especially the Bachelor because the women they're just so entertaining with yes. each other. Yeah, like, and then the forget jobs, the Bachelor at that the point. Jobs oh, that they the give descriptions them. and <laughs> job descriptions and what they all want to do to stand out in the beginning. Yes, it's yes. just wild. Well, we only have time for one more. I okay. say we do list number three: long line, rude clerk. Rude customer behind you in line. Mm. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go in order of like what I would prefer. <laughs> okay, long line, rude customer behind me, and then rude clerk. I'm going to do that. So I would rather be in a long line than I would be in front of a rude customer than I would encounter a rude clerk. Does that make yeah, sense? It does. Totally. And yeah. I actually, I agree with you, even though... I don't know what you feel, but since the pandemic, because I feel like during the pandemic, I didn't have to wait in line. Yeah. Ever. So now I wait in line. I and hate I get, like, long lines. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, I'm being that impatient, like kind of grandparents. You know how yeah. grandparents are in line? And it's like, okay, guys, like, yeah. you can tell they're antsy and uncomfortable right. with the line. Now I feel like I'm being like that. Yeah. Like I keep looking and it's just, I'm like, I know. I feel like, ugh. <sighs> and, it, and then I start to feel like I'm like this just a queen of a country that I named. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm just like, why yeah. isn't things going the way that I want? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But that would yeah. be my number three, though. Long line. Really? Mm-hmm. I would love to have a clerk be rude to me to tell him off. Mm-hmm. And mm. then a rude customer behind me in line, I would just give him dirty looks. Yeah. I think it would give me an opportunity to be like, you know what? I've had a really shitty day today, so now I'm going to take it out on you. <laughs> yeah, you're like, somebody fight me. Somebody. I just love it. look at me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, so I think those would be, where would be my Where were we order. just recently where someone was super rude to us in line? 
um, when we Post were walking office. in the elevator at the peninsula. No, that person was just so <laughs> slow. Because that was person like, was like really rude. I'm like, you can't zigzag in a hallway. No. Like, you know what I mean? Zigzag Either be confused, confused and walk straight. Yeah. So she stopped and she goes, you two seem like you're in a hurry, so want to go? It's like, the fuck we are. Ew. Move to the side. Yeah. It's like you're lying down in the middle of the hallway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gross. it was so rude. It, she felt us behind her, obviously. Right. And then I felt the zigzag was on purpose, looking around. You're in a hotel. Where are you looking around for? She wasn't even looking at numbers. It was like, yeah, there was nothing. Supposedly was she was looking for the elevator. Mm. I mean, it's like, you seem like you're in a hurry. Well, who's not in a hurry in a hotel hallway? Yeah, like, honestly. That's the most in depressing place yeah, <laughs> in the world to be. Good point. Gosh. Oh my gosh, Rose. But thank you so much for <laughs> thank being you. on here. You this were just so fun. This so, fun so fun and yeah. interesting and lovely. Like, it was uh, such a pleasant surprise. Like, you have no idea. Are I, you doing a stand-up at all on the West Coast anytime soon? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm going to be at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. On December twelfth, um, are you we're in Napa Valley. Napa Valley. Are you serious? Yes. yes. Will you come to my show? Heck I, yes. Oh my December god. December twelfth. We're in town, right? Yeah. So now yes. we're in town. What, we're gonna. What come. day of the week is that? That would be a. I think okay, it might be a weekends Sunday. are good. Hold on, <gasps> Sister Sunday. Oh my god, mm. you guys, this would okay. be amazing. We would, we would love, love it. to come. Oh my god, I'm excited. Yay. Okay, okay great. that'll be so fun. We'll Yay. get our sitters. We'll and have we a can fun Sister go Sunday. Into San Francisco. Now, Brie, if things. it's late night, just chug a highball. You'll yeah. be fine. Oh, girl, I'm not the one. You're the one. <laughs> Give me tequila. I'm very fine. <laughs> oh, we know. I hope you're ready for Brie mode. I'm so yes. ready. I'm okay, so good. ready. Oh my gosh, I just got really right. Excited. December twelfth. Here we come. <laughs> And um, for more dates, you can go to my website, rosebudbaker.com, or my Instagram, rosebudbaker. Everything's on there. Before we end the episode, Nikki, we do this a lot. Oh, my gosh, Brie. Because we, like we to... have so much fun with our guests, and then we forget. I know. I we like forget. to leave Close. our listeners right. with yeah. a little inspiration, affirmation. Yes. So can you hit us with your motto, your quote, what you like to live by? Um, so somebody gave me this advice or I read it somewhere, um, and I'm sorry, I cannot remember who, but they said that anyone giving you advice just wants you to be more like them. And I thought, okay, that is, that's advice that I love. Yes. Yeah. That's deep. I have never ever heard that. Yeah. Ooh, that got me. I think it might've been Jim Norton. I think it might've been Jim Norton. Um, but I don't know for sure. Uh, he's a comedian. But yeah, I was like, that is the best advice I've ever heard. Because yes. it's like, the more, when now when I'm getting advice from somebody, I'm like, do I really want to be like this person? Yeah. I'm going to be thinking that now every time. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. It's great. That's well, really thank good. You, well, thank, thank you, Rosebud. Thank you for that. That was a good way to end it. Awesome. are true overwhelming power sauce of destiny yes the most legendary sauce has arrived as mcdonald's transforms into the anime world of wick donald's the greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili mcdonald's sauce to make your 10-piece wick nuggets fries and sprite ultra powerful unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at wick donald's ba-da-ba-ba-ba go and participate in mcdonald's for a limited time while supplies last With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.